We did it. Yay. Welcome back, Reject Nation. We got another great episode for you today as we are back to our regular scheduled programming. Starting off, we will go down the halls of the Elo- Eloise Asylum. No, you got it. Oh, it's an actual asylum? Uh, Eloise, it, it, Eloise Psychiatric Hospital Asylum. It, it, it's a lot. Well, we'll, we'll get there. Oh, I let put a note in here because you yell at me when I call things an asylum when they're not. <laughs> well, and, no, uh, they definitely had one of those. Oh, because when I uh, did this intro and I looked at yours, I I read maybe two sentences into it. So, <laughs> Fair. afterwards, we travel to the Zulu nation in Africa as we see that small people can really be deadly as we go back into the cryptid corner. <laughs> finally, as we are, finally, as we are now done with the craziness of weddings, the newly minted Kodak will dive into the mental disorder known as narcissistic personality disorder. I practice saying that. <laughs> as always, we will dive into well, some. Pre- it is. We will dive into our pre-topic banter with this starting with the Kodak wedding. We did it. We did it. Cue Dora song. Congratulations for the millionth time. <laughs> yeah. Boots, what was your favorite part? Wow, no one wants to do boots. Well, I'm starting tomorrow morning off by calling uh, the courthouse to make sure they received our paperwork so I can set an appointment with the Social Security office to change my name officially. What would you do I change my name to? Get it out of the way quick. I'm trying to get everything done and out of the way because the longer you sit on it, the less likely you're not to do or it. you'll forget. Wouldn't that be the less likely you are to do it? You said less likely not to do it. First of all, That's sir. a double negative. You're a double negative. No, that's on Mondays. I'll double your negative. I don't get how you can be double negative from a movie. There's a movie called Hereditary. Yeah, that's my nose. Pick your booger. Pick your ear hole. What the fuck? (laughs) But yes, we're married, and it was so amazing. What was your What was your favorite part? Like the highlight that you remember the most. You want the sweet answer or the real answer? Both. When you said I do, Aww. seeing Jedi's fight. Seeing Jedi's fight. <laughs> well, at least I know my surprise was worthwhile. What about you, Sir Billiam? What was your favorite part of the wedding? I mean, loved the whole, the whole ceremony. Loved all of that. I cried like a bitch. <laughs> oh yeah, the groomsmen definitely had more tears than the bridesmaids. We're an emotional oh, yeah. bunch. <laughs> I looked well, over. You. You and Joey were pissing tears. <laughs> oh, yeah. But my most memorable part of it is as soon as the ceremony was over, me and CJ both obviously panicking, like, all right, drinks, drinks, drinks. And I'm walking around <laughs> with two rubber coats in like five minutes. Like those, like those birds from Finding Nemo. Drink, drink, drink. <laughs> um, I have a lot of favorite parts of the things that oh that's not fair you can't like what's your one favorite and then be like i have all these favorites i have a lot of highlights i do have favorites (laughs) i do have a favorite but my my top highlights are the fact that you came out in the middle of our ceremony and threw in shots and we did a shot in the middle of our freaking wedding ceremony it was last minute that was a last minute decision (laughs) 
That really was, was there a, for it. It was a boss move. All right. I was not prepared for that. I was like, well, there goes my shit. I haven't even said my <laughs> he balance told yet. Me a snippet of, he told me a snippet of what it was. And I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I lost. And it's not that I'm saying I lost, but me and Kodak are stupid competitive for the, like, when it comes to gifts, <laughs> holidays, we're always trying to one up each other. But in a, not in a competitive, but a yeah, competitive. We're always trying to playfully do better. competitive. Yes, yes, playfully competitive. We're always trying to do better. I definitely, for each other. I definitely never become a sore loser and curse. Oh yes, he does. Um, however, no, my boy would never do that. <laughs> but the Anthony coming out in a lobster costume. For I mean, that's the only way to come out. The garter removal was just. They do say it's better down under works, the but... sea, mind you. <laughs> under the sea, like he just. Yeah, I'm still mad about it. You <laughs> killed it, but I have to say, our son never left that dance floor. Oh no, he left that dance floor. No, nah, he broke the party. Every, was the party. Everybody told me. Everybody came up to me. This is one of the best weddings I ever been to. The drinks are good. The food was amazing. And your kids are just fantastic. And Cole is the whole entire show. Yeah, those four bites I had of food was really great. Yeah, the four bites. Listen, I ate a lot of bacon wrapped scallops, and that's what kept me afloat. And the off chance one of the bartenders who was very heavy handed. Shout out to you. Yeah, I saw her pour one of those drinks and it was half captain. I was like, whoo. Yeah, that uh, there was that one. We went up there to grab a drink and we're like, hey, you guys don't do shots, do you? They're like, no. She goes, but what I can do is fill an ice up, I get a, a cup of ice, and then put a splash of water in there and call it a mixed drink. We're like, <laughs> you, you forgot part of the, about the liquor. Well, you well, said yeah. a glass of ice and add some water. Well, you know, the liquor part too. Um, he got the captain. I guess and there I got food in there. <laughs> yeah. Where I fucked up was after the cha-cha slide because I put the tequila, which is very clear, next to my glass of ice water. Which is also very I, clear. I was very, yes, that was also very clear. <laughs> I was very thirsty after doing the cha-cha slide and I chugged a whole glass of I did triple fist at one point. Yeah, that that is the Kodak way. Yeah. This is the way. But it was it was a fantastic uh, one. It was a good time. It was. I had a good time and I hate social encounters. That's you know it's good. He even got in the photo booth. Wow. I got in the photo booth. I danced a little. Yeah. Damn. Look at us taking Billy out of his shell. Our oh favorite. yeah, uh, I'm going way back in for a little bit. <laughs> he must hibernate. No more social gatherings for like three months at least. <laughs> you know what it was? He was wearing that suit. He knew he was wearing that suit. And he was feeling himself. Yeah. Until he changed into yeah, the I teen- totally slow dance in shorts. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he changes. But we're in the photo booth and he had this giant thing of beer. And he was just having a good old time. I wasn't expecting him to do it, and it was fun. Atta boy. Yeah, I do come out of my show very seldomly. Yeah, it was it was a good time. 
but you know, it's over and things are more relaxed. Now I'm gonna get fat. <laughs> we 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 are we did talk briefly about doing a 10 year vow renewal, and that one's gonna be more. We're going to Sweden. We're gonna yeah, we're gonna do a Viking style wedding. It's just bro. Be- if I gotta get a passport, fucking tell me now. Well, that's in ten years. Yeah, yeah, ten years. So I'm yeah, sure you'll get like a day before. Yeah, we're- <laughs> we'll have my shit together by then. <laughs> Drinking from horns and eating feast like men. <laughs> but yeah, I'm but that, that would be uh, that would be for a ten year anniversary of sorts. Yeah. Speaking of. Speaking of anniversaries. I just had one. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) never forget. (laughs) And uh, yeah, yeah, four-year wedding anniversary and uh, Tupac's birthday. I was gonna say happy happy Tupac Day. R.I.P. Yeah, four years. So much Tupac today and yesterday. (laughs) Speaking of anniversaries, it's also our anniversary for. Kind of. No, it's kind not. Of. Kind of. In the making of. Did you both think I was talking about the full center rejects the entire time? Yeah. No, we knew we knew you were talking. I knew you were <laughs> talking about your field. <laughs> Who's Billy? We you're fucking talking about. Billy, I have a message from you where you're like, oh shit. Okay, no, no I but- totally thought it was like a one year full full send reject. If you go look at some Billy's uh post on the page and some of the C2 is posting, he's like, Yeah, you're of us, and I'm like, wait a minute. No, this is hey, the, I was there for the first part too. Anniversary. Yeah, this is when uh, the last podcast failed horribly. Yes, and some uh, alterations yeah, were made. Football analysts who didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. It's our yeah. brainstorming anniversary. Felt like Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> yeah, a lot of good anniversaries. Times. A lot of anniversaries. It's a good time. With some peace, Tupac. Rest in peace, Tupac. So we got weddings, anniversaries, podcasts, and speaking of football. Yeah, I'm so glad the NFL is kicking off this week. Nothing happened last week. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we're blocking that fantasy football nightmare out of our memory. I went zero and four last week. And that is including a league where I have Jalen Hurts, Cooper Cup, and Travis Kelsey. I did good on one of them. Fuck off. <laughs> I did terrible. Yeah, she beat me, <laughs> asshole. She's no longer a sponsor. Sure I'm <laughs> actually playing against her this week. Yeah, I'm sure Jalen Hurts is going to do me. Who's why do I run so many teams? I can never root for somebody or not root for somebody. The she only might. other thing I could do is like a regular fantasy. That's it. I don't think I can go back to like a regular fantasy. I'm in too deep for uh, the, the the sleeper leagues we're in. No, I love it. Yeah, me too. Because I'm in too deep. I can, I can never go back to just a regular like one season at a time. No, I mean I love the one season. Nothing gets me going like making a best football trade in fucking March. I'm bored. His phone <laughs> all the time. I'm like. Your phone's going off. He's like, "Yeah, someone, someone's either doing a big play or someone made a fantasy move." You we're know, driving the car. Both our phones go off. Who fucking did something? Who yeah. did something? I mean, right now, when both of our phones go off at the same time, he's like, "Who did it?" 
What's going on? Someone did a thing. I need to know. That's how I am with Liz when my phone like dies. <laughs> and she heard it go off and it's sleeper. I'm like, what the fuck? Who did something? <laughs> Someone made a play. Tell me now. <laughs> Couples Thank- that fantasy together stay together. Thank God I have Penn State. <laughs> Fucking horns. Uh, hey, yeah. Texas is back. Finally. God damn right they are. Um, hopefully by time the next time you guys spend the night, our porch is um all set up with our new porch swing and, and the uh porch swing rockers and bench and, and the tobacco thing you came. Yeah. And your guys' Yeah, after the pirate the zombie pirate ashtray came. No skeleton pirate. Oh. I'm gonna listen to so much Ailstorm having a panic attack on your porch. <laughs> For people who who people are non-smokers, <laughs> not that we support your habits. <laughs> you fucking send it. If you're going to if you're going to smoke, at least do it out of a zombie pirate ashtray. <laughs> oh, this guy's an idiot. His name's Cleveland. He's playing for Minnesota. Come on now. <laughs> he played for Baltimore too and Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, he did. Anthony. What? I won't let this distract me when it's on the TV. Also, Anthony. Oh, look at this bullshit in the middle uh, of you recording. Were, you were just talking about smoking, okay? I'm paying attention, okay? I'm just indicating that some fucking idiot here is in Cleveland playing in Minnesota. We're getting sport. back on track to football. I'm pretty sure he has sisters and brothers. Yeah, too. we were just talking about football, too, so it's relevant. So, yeah. Yeah. I will not take this bullying, okay? Why? Does it hurt too much? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had no choice. Mm, yep. <laughs> Your choice was to marry me. Yes, it was. My yeah, sorry. Was How's it what? I was there for that. Yes, you yeah, were. you were. I'm really, I'm really proud of all the everything that he did. You know, when I go to go to like drive-throughs now. It's like I take my hand out and I just like want to shine this big. Give me the attention and compliment big, my new yeah, ring. Yeah, this big rock. I'm just like, <laughs> hey, yeah, over here. Yeah, I'll take that large pumpkin spice latte. Oh, no, I, let me get, let me shift into the sun so it gleams. <laughs> <laughs> it is new, so it does have a nice, pretty little shine. I will to not it. go out of its rain and I can't show it. <laughs> It must be clear and sunny outside. It's like the heart of the ocean. And if I jump into a pool, I'm sinking to the bottom. <laughs> gonna get blinded while you're driving. <laughs> I'll never let go, Jack. Yeah, that's what she said too. <laughs> never let go of the boom. Did you like what I tagged you this morning? What did you tag me this morning? The um, when my husband said he's going to go oh, play yeah. around the it's video been games. Eighty-four years. <laughs> I'm only going for an hour. Been eighty four years. <laughs> he only exists in my memories now. <laughs> That's what I feel like when he goes to play Madden. I feel like won the World like, Series. Yeah, I won the World Series. Or he's playing the show, and he's like, "Just one more, just one more." <laughs> the show does sound fun to not. No, 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 no. Speaking of other sports, we have though, do. yes, we do. You're gonna have fun editing so, this. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that's a railed already. <laughs> I'm a married man. I'm lazy now. 
It is part of getting fat. Yeah, I'm gonna get fat. Time to get a lot a riding lawnmower for you know a whole acre of grass, not even outside. <laughs> <laughs> Only do half of you it. You can barely turn the fucking thing around. Uh, time for a beer break. <laughs> Half the time. Woo! I guess I got a hoagie beer. <laughs> time for a sports break. Gotcha. Yeah, I gotta check the scores. Reapply my no sunscreen. Yep. Maybe change my hat. <laughs> no, you're my definitely hat. wearing the uh, bride to be hat. Yes. That saved me forever. <laughs> Love that hat. It's on my car still. He loves that hat. <laughs> It's so obnoxious. Well, I know he does. It's so obnoxious. I love it. So some of the things that, that we took home from the wedding, those large straw hats that Frankie Carl gave us. Yeah. Yeah, I have like five of them. I have sunglasses. I have things that no longer glow in the dark. <laughs> mm. It was a good time. <laughs> it was a good time. Frankie Carl did an amazing job. He I don't, did. I'm not sure our listeners in the United surrounding Kingdom. no, the surrounding areas that we are in, but if you are looking for someone who does it all, uplighting, DJ, photo booth, photography, videography, entertainment, they do it all and they were fantastic. The owner got into the photo booth with us and was taking pictures. He got to know us personally. He cared. It was it was all around and a good time, and they did a fantastic job. I will forever gloat. <laughs> nah, he was he was full of shit when he was in the room. Mm-hmm. Fucking good. Guido's for life. <laughs> I don't know if I'm legally allowed to say that. I think he took a shot with CJ. Who did a shot with CJ? The videographer thing, I think. Oh, good for him. Sweet. He did a good job, too. I think I remember it, but I could be wrong. <laughs> I, I talked about bef- like before in the uh, suite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I don't think he did. Because he was saying... Uh, we ought, we ought, no, uh, no, the photographer was in recovery. He's not in recovery. He just stopped, he just stopped. Well, he said he Well, he was in that recovery, but he said he was sober. Yeah, I know. I, I, he no longer I might just remember him being offered a shot. Yeah, he was offered. He he didn't take it, though. Yeah, because he said, because uh, he, he was telling me, because I was at the one point, I was I had the bottle of champagne and I had I had two double mamosas. And he said, yeah, he goes, uh, that's the way to go. He goes, I don't do that stuff no more. And I said, good for you. Yeah. Takes a person, you know, everybody changes himself for the better. Some people pick up drinking and some people quit. <laughs> I slowed down a reasonable amount until today. <laughs> I mean, we've been really good. I'd like to call ourselves weekend warriors. Yeah, weekends, that's Nunzio's time. Yeah, that's sports time. We still ha- we still have to play that the the last leg. For football. For yeah. football. If you have no plan Sunday, then that's what we should do. At least crack, just break it in and see how it is. Speaking of games. So, yeah, you remember I told you today I had an idea for us to discuss and I forgot it? Yeah. Yeah, it came to me when I was taking the number two. (laughs) (laughs) Just a conversational piece. Favorite gym activity back in high school or middle school or elementary, whenever. Crazy kickball. 
the fuck is crazy? Why in the Florida is crazy? You never played crazy <laughs> No, we played normal kickball. We played someone, ball? someone rolled the ball toward you, kicked it, and see if you get on base. Crazy kickball is like regular kickball. Was there but- an alligator? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, chasing you around the bases. If you get a, you get a home run, you get like pet alligator. I got a dime bag. And a guava falls <laughs> out of a tree for you. In Florida, <laughs> you couldn't always do outside activities outside because we have you know hurricanes and tornadoes and terrible weather. We have heard. Oh yeah, us uh, three months inside because it's winter. <laughs> so yeah. they, it's kind of like a, a dodgeball, but it's like those giant rubber balls, the red big rubber balls. But you would play and and toss those instead of just a regular sized ball. So it was like an oversized ball. And so it's kickball. Yeah, we, we did this. But it, in Florida, we called it crazy kickball because it was just abnormously huge ball that you kicked around and played your normal field. It's like kickball, but. You know, they just, just a bigger ball. Yeah, huge. Like you, you want to feel special. Well, well, you kick it and you hear a pow, and it either goes way, way mm-hmm. up, just or goes fucking way out of left. Yeah, we just play dodgeball if that if that was the case. Yeah, those were our dodgeballs. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, crazy dodgeball. Violence in Florida was a lot really. worse than it was up here. So we have violence. Dodgeball was not allowed. <laughs> Tetherball was a, an extreme sport. We didn't have tetherball. Well, yeah, we did. We had violence, all right. But we had tetherball. I broke in a couple pair of glasses playing tetherball, and my spike was crazy. Yeah, I always saw like, tetherballs as a scene in movies until I actually saw a pole in real life when I was like 20. Really? I never saw tetherball. It's so much fun. It seems like a terrible time. You spike it like a volleyball, and if you do it, it high, really it's really good. You wrap it around the top, and the person has no choice, no, but just sit there and watch it spin. Why don't you well, play volleyball? I hate volleyball too. And what was your little gym activity? My gym activity, I fucking love kickball, dude. Ah, oh, fair I was, enough. I was gonna say, saying he has asthma we- going inside <laughs> participate in team sports. <laughs> we used to go outside in the back parking lot. I tried sliding once. I still have the scar on my arm. That's that's way to that's way to send it. Yo, I was very dedicated to winning. I remember this one time um, we played baseball or softball, whatever gym class. And if you recorded the most outs, you got like, some special like bonus thingy, whatever. And I quickly thought in my head, like, wait a minute, first base gets all the outs. Let me go play there. It worked. <laughs> of course, it did. Play the first base. Yep. Well, and, and nobody realized. Like nobody like wants us like, huh, maybe we should take first base instead. Nope. Yeah, stupid high schoolers. Bunch of idiots. I enjoyed swimming. Fuck swimming. I didn't have a swimming pool in high school. We had alligators, but not swimming pools. That's probably why you have swimming pools. An alligator probably get in there. No, I it's like swimming class. Yeah. It, was probably, like, it was like the one athletic event I was better than most people in. Florida holds swimming classes like the week after a hurricane because the base was just flooded anyway. I just dig a ditch and go in there. Yeah, they let the base flood after a hurricane. There's your swim class. 
Oh, yeah. Put a tarp down on the roof. uh, They don't have basement. What a weird place to live. What a fucking wild. (laughs) Fucking thing wanted to fall out of a tree. So if my child wants me to Florida and I told them, hey, don't. It's terrible (laughs) there, apparently. Uh, Yeah, the governor's not a good guy. Hey, they're letting roads be built with toxic material, okay? Radioactive material. What could go wrong? Florida's going to wipe itself off the map way before California is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's such a terrible place. If natural selection is true, Florida's toast. (laughs) Unless they adapt from all the drugs that are taken in. Oh, then they become superhuman. Fuck. Exactly. There's evolution. There's survival of the fittest. There's all kinds of like experiments going on right down there. This is a coin flip I'm worried about now. Well, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Until then, we can uh, take an adventure into Eloise Psychiatric Hospital. Segway. Oh, yay. But there was a... Okay, so... <laughs> It's okay. In case anyone's listening, we I have sniffles. Don't stop oh, listening yeah, to me too. I, I tried fixing yeah, it I with thought... chili. Yeah. I finally got the sniffles. Turns out the chili only only the chili that was giving IBS. <laughs> you mean irritated it that you already had? Extra IBS, thank you. Instant activated. Oh, Everybody did IBS plus the new streaker. You have chili one time and like everyone's an endocrinologist. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't get a lot of shit. Because the last time I made chili, uh, I posted on I got death threats. Aren't you the one that posted on Facebook? I did, but the last time we posted it, I got shit from Billy, Jonah, CJ, and Yesenia about not sharing. Well, you got shit yeah, that's why I did yeah, and Yesenia. That's why I didn't post it. So you wouldn't get death threats. And he's protecting his wife. Yeah, I was doing a good job. Yeah, you got a marriage proposal from Rory. Yeah, I did get proposed to again. Billy and Nicole gave you shit. Yesenia asked for leftovers, and Nikki says she's on her way. I guess she got I said lost. I'm practically married came. to you. So. <laughs> yeah, you I were super. Trying to figure out who was the he, most besides me and Anthony. Me super emotional? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. N- Nikki, Nikki was pretty emotional the whole entire day. Yeah. So was Katie. Yeah, we became Katie broke. was very emotional. She has a reason to be extra emotional though. But yeah, you and you and Nikki definitely took the cake uh uh for that. And Nikki She's was like, like, Don't look at me. <laughs> like I felt bad, I was crying, and then I looked over at you and was like, all right, this is fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I looked over and my brother was bawling, and then I looked over and you were just—it was like, it was like a trail of tears. Shout out to the natives. And I was just like, I would—I would look back behind me when I got my bow, and they're all just like smiling and having a good time. My bridesmaids were good. <laughs> the groomsmen were like going through mental breakdowns. Oh, Liz was crying. Oh, I know. But in comparison to the groomsmen, you guys, you guys took the cake. 
Oh no, fucking Joey was a smart one. He brought like napkins and shit to that to dab his face. I'm sitting there just balls out. He came prepared. Yeah, Joe. I was not expecting my brother to ball out like that because he didn't do that to Nicole at Nicole's wedding. It just that was a that was a, a there's a picture that someone captured and it was when Joey first saw me before the ceremony when you guys were lining up for your order and his face was like his eyes were teary, but he was smiling. It was just the most beautiful thing. I can't wait to get all those videos and pictures. It's going to be a good time. The pictures are going to be dope, but I'll be crying in every one of them. Oh yeah. Speaking of crazy. Oh yeah. 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 This is your yeah. cue, Billy. <laughs> He's like, what is this going first shit? I have to prep myself. You segwayed in too quick. <laughs> this uh, is the so second segue. I know. Uh, so far, I've covered asylums, poorhouses, and not asylums, sanatoriums over the year. What I thought was the long span of this podcast. <laughs> uh, today I've left my efficiency and covered all three in one one building. Well, one area. Uh, at nearly a thousand acres and seventy buildings, Eloise haunted all housed all kinds of deplorables, sporting its way. Oh my shit. Sporting its own mental hospital, tuberculosis <laughs> sanatorium. I didn't zoom it in. That's my problem. Alright, let's try that sentence again. Uh, today I've up. <laughs> And nearly a thousand. <laughs> yeah, I said, yeah. Um, let me fucking. God damn it. <laughs> but who reminded him? <laughs> who broke you? <laughs> I wasn't zoomed, and then I got all freaked out. Take four. This is why VHS went out of style. <laughs> I'm from the 90s, bitch. <laughs> At nearly a thousand acres and seventy-eight buildings, Eloise housed all kinds of deplorables, sporting its own mental hospital, tuberculosis sanatorium, and a poor farm on site. Uh, starting all the way back in 1832, spanning to the shockingly close year of 1982, uh, Eloise has had over 7,000 deaths, and most, most of those remain in a hidden cemetery on the grounds. Uh, let's see if we can cover even half of what's in my notes, which I definitely did not do. Ah, well, good job. At least went through that first paragraph on one take. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Efficient. Efficiency. <laughs> it's his middle name. Uh, prior to being known as Eloise, the facility began operations as the Wayne County Poorhouse in 1832, just two miles away from Detroit. Uh, by 1834, the building was already in disrepair because of the unsavory characters at a poor farm. I suppose. Uh, another property was purchased in Nankin Township and only sent 35 people from the old farm to the new one in 1889. 111 inmates, patients, it, I don't know what to call them, so I'm going to go back and forth this entire time. 111 refused to go into the awful wilderness as all they've really known in their life was the poor farm. Uh, the inmates and or patients that did get sent up to the new place were quickly put to work building the keeper's quarters under the rear of an already standing stagecoach stop 
uh, where all 35 of them actually arrived. Uh, it kind of feels like slave labor. but yeah, I was about to uh, ask here. It's like, you guys are poor and refuse to go somewhere. Well, we're just kind of going to make you into inmates. Well, no, it's there was 143 in total. And only 35 of them actually went up to the new place, and the others just kind of got thrown out, basically. Huh. Very nice. Uh, If I'm understanding correctly, anyway. So glad our judicial system works the way it does. Ah, It's the 1830s. It was a different time. Yeah, not much different from now. Yeah, fun fact about this place, it wasn't segregated up until the 1950s. Um, a schoolhouse serving an entire district was located on the grounds, along with the stagecoach stop for the patients, the inmates uh, that had arrived there for their new place. Uh, many of the people in the poorhouse also had kids, so at least they could get an education in the probably not great environment of the poorhouse. So they put kids in here, too. Oh, yeah. They had whole families and shit. And they took in orphans and stuff like that. Huh, you know, that's... I want to say that's progressive, but given the time period, I feel like there was some abuses. Yeah, this is this is like Civil War-ish era, too, so... Hey, Civil War didn't happen the yet. kids without parents. The county house had grown immensely over the next couple of years, and by 1867, most of the residents on the grounds were there because of insanity. Uh, orphans had also lived on the ground, but were adopted out to what I'm sure were loving homes at the time. Uh, so they got rid of all the kids. The first actual asylum building was built, and in 1868 started housing the residents. Um, I say housing uh, with a lot of air quotes, uh, because a feature of this building was the basement, which was adorned with cells for the drunkards and chains for the insane. Uh, most of these patients were basically tossed in the basement, more or less to be forgotten. And they complain about Anne Frank. Yeah, that's why she went up, up, upstairs, not downstairs. Go to the end. Uh, from the years of 1839, when the new farm had opened, all the way up until 1881, the quarter keepers weren't required to have any kind of medical degree. Uh, most of them up until this point had basically just been farmers who were looking for some political clout in Detroit. Um, once the new requirements were in place that they needed a doctorate, uh, one of the first keepers with an actual degree, Dr. Bennett, took over. Uh, Dr. Bennett would go on to remove the use of the basement cells and chains and actually was very interested in helping and potentially curing patients. Because of Dr. Bennett trying to actually help actual patients instead of just kind of throwing them to the wayside uh, kind of caught on in other institutions like this we are doctors bum, 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 bum. <laughs> yeah you know farmer fucking Jim's probably not going to give a shit what happens to the uh, person screaming uh, in 1887 a new administration building was constructed next to the asylum the building was basically a mashup of just about everything um There were offices for the administration, obviously. Uh, It also housed the grounds own fire department, uh, some more storerooms, a chapel, a few insane wards for men, and a post office. Uh, Real wonder ball of a building, but this is basically how we got the name Eloise. 
So, did the crazy people also mend the fire department? Because that would just be spectacular. Um, I think the members of the like the people on the poor farm that were like they were still kind of a poor farm. I think the ones that were able were actually part of the fire department. I'm just gonna go back to my idea that there's the crazy people working the fire trucks. They were in fire trucks back then. Yeah, the insane whatever they had. There is a picture I saw that there was like an old, old, old timey fire truck led but by this a place pyromaniac. So God, probably. Uh, in ni- in 1894, the postmaster was approved to open the post office on the grounds of the county house in the administration building. Um, he used the name of his four year old daughter and named the post office Eloise. Uh, it was difficult to find a name that wasn't already in use that they were able to. So they kind of made a thing where, like, if you come up with a name that's not in use for a post office, you can have it. Uh, the railroad station on the ground also adopted the name, and eventually the whole area was known as Eloise. Uh, it even had its own zip code and ran like a little city. Uh, the real Eloise lived up until 1982, uh, to the ripe age of 93. What a legacy. Yeah, like, she got to see the whole fucking thing. That's crazy. A life. Uh, the old brick buildings on the poorhouse side of the site um, were torn down in 1894 to build what would become Eloise Infirmary, uh, which still operates the poorhouse while also taking care of medical needs of the poor individuals in the community. Uh, the residents or inmates of the poorhouse would work on the farm nearby, which could produce over 65 tons of food at one point. Uh, they would also tend to animals on the farm, in- including cows and pigs, uh, working only four to six hours a day, those lucky bastards, and fuck you for Velisca bo- bacon. I saw it like, out of my periphery as I'm reading 65 tons, I saw Velisca bacon, and I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, wait, there's more. Oh, good. Uh, in 1896, a prototype of the first X-ray machine was shipped to the infirmary, uh, making Eloise one of, if not the very first, to use actual X-ray technology. Uh, again, it's the late 1800s. I can only assume an X-ray was mostly used to tell a patient if their arm is going to need to be cut off or not. You know, I actually have a book on this. I should have, if I would have read this before, I could have given more information on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we need to communicate more. Yeah, we should probably plan more than an hour in advance. Yeah, but that's that's not the full send method, is it? Uh, that is not. You are correct. Um, well, back those days, x-rays were uh, like x-rays now. They're just science, so deal with it. Yeah, but I could assume the procedure following the x-ray to determine it's broken just means like, oh yeah, we need to amputate. I think there are some basic uh, things there. Wait, are x-rays used to tell you? No, they're just for bones. Yeah, it's not like an MRI or anything like that. Well, your finger looks like it might be disconnected. Time to take the rest of the arm with it. <laughs> hey, you know... You might, die, you might die of gangrene in the process, but hey, that's the time we live in. It could be a shitty doctor. I don't know. Who needs antibiotics? Well, that's a Joseph Lister who could take a uh, leg off in 12 seconds. Thank you, Dollar. Godspeed. Uh, in 19... 19- in 1903, with the rise of tuberculosis, tents were set up outside of the infirmary as open-air treatment and a sanatorium for the patients that were trying to survive TB. 
most of the people who were sent to the infirmary with tuberculosis were usually poor, as was what the infirmary was for, uh, and they were in late stages of, this disease, of the disease. Uh, most, if not all of them that were sent, were, were likely to die during their stay at Eloise. The grounds now had three medical divisions with the infirmary, the asylum, and now the sanatorium or not asylum. See, it's not a goddamn asylum. See, see, that's why I was waiting for you yell at me before. Well, yeah, but it's everything rolled into one. Is it? Yeah, it's a it's a hospital, it's an actual asylum, and it's a non-asylum sanatorium. But how can it be an asylum if it's not an asylum? But the sanatorium is an asylum. They also have an asylum. This is like a this is basically like a tiny city. Oh, so it's like Staten Island. Kind of, but smaller. But the main building of Eloise is like, well, there's only like five buildings standing now. Um, but that's super haunted at the moment. So it's almost like and Centralia. Cool. Kind of. Most Centralia. of like, the auxiliary buildings are gone, but Centralia is just gone. Hey, there's still some people that live there. Do they still actually live there? Like last I saw, it was down to like five. Yeah, they, they still live there. Who's that? Yeah. Imagine how many carbon monoxide detectors they have in their house. Uh, I believe their house is a carbon monoxide detector. <laughs> I would believe that. Uh, by the 20s, the population of nearby Wayne and Dearborn uh, quickly quadrupled, and a lot of them were down in the luck or a little bit on the touch side. Uh, much like the other asylums I've covered, I use the word in- insane lightly. There were a lot of different reasons you could be admitted to the asylum. Men would drop their wives off for simply disagreeing with them. Um, or for uh, just being shark weak. You know. That I mean, we should color the, the walls red. To the asylum with you. <laughs> uh, <Kodak>. <laughs> Next time Rose told you to not buy Pokemon cards, now you know what to do. Congrats again on your wedding. So this is by Detroit? Yeah. you like, they Dudes would just be like, oh, my wife's disagreeing with me too much. Time to take a trip to the asylum. Do you understand that I buy most of your Pokemon cards? So this. So you can't get mad at me when they get collected up. So this tactic here won't work. I just wanted it, a funny well, ticket. Yeah. It's a, it's a win-win for me. Because if you buy them, I win. And if I buy them and you complain, I'll just take you to an asylum. Oh. Is that the case? <laughs> that, that is... Uh, the, the blueprints are there. Uh-huh. Now you can legally do that. So apparently. According, according to the standards of the of 1920s, yeah. It's either that twice somewhere. Damn it. Women have power. Shit. Also, Whereas, that prohibition? Is all on prohibition. Anywho, with your shark bay hoo ha ha. With the increase of the inmates and patients on the grounds, several more housing buildings for the mental patients were constructed between 1921 in 78 total buildings. Damn. That's a lot. 
Uh, also in the 1920s, advancements in medicine were beginning to come to Eloise as new treatments were discovered. Like x-rays. Sure, we'll go with that. (laughs) Uh, The asylum began using electroshock therapy, hydrotherapy, insulin therapy, which is literally putting someone into a diabetic coma for a couple minutes, uh, and a good friend, the lobotomy. Awesome. Rumor has it Eloise was the first hospital to actually perform lobotomies in the underground tunnels running underneath the buildings. Progressive. When they started cleaning out the tunnels, they actually found, like, jars of brain matter and stuff. So, like, they were doing, like, the other type of lobotomy, where it was, like, the jab and pull, as opposed to just ice pick through the frontal lobe. Interesting. Following the stock market crash of 1929, uh, in, by 1930, the infirmary housed 7,441 people living in the poorhouse and an extra 2,600 in the mental ward. Uh, obviously, it, the inmates were not being treated all that good at this time. Can, how many people do you really need to take care of that many people because they didn't have it? Somewhere around this time, beatings were happening and the uh, chains made their way back to back to deal with the unruly patients. Uh, rumors of abuse were circul- circulating around the community. Uh, an investigation began after a patient had died within 24 hours of being admitted. The hospital claimed it was a stomach issue, but the corpse had several bruises on it. Uh, Along with the abuse, several suicides took place on the grounds. Uh, One woman had actually drowned herself in the lake outside of the asylum, while another threw herself out the window, falling to her death. She said deuces. Uh, A lot of the suicides were actually women who probably didn't deserve to be there. Makes sense, you know, given some of the reasons at the time, you know, got mad when Pokemon cards were purchased, and... Oh, she said... Honey, you overcooked the roast. Back to the asylum. Literally, like, melancholy was a reason for a wife to be dropped off at the... Jesus. Asylum. Listen, I know your sister just passed away. What? And now at least three other siblings, because of the time we live in. But if you don't clean this goddamn house, you're going to the, the asylum for a month. I would beat the shit out of you. Wow. <laughs> You're showing some anger there. You might have to go to an asylum. <laughs> All right, yeah, violence. That's the reason to go to the asylum. You better calm your ass down. Love you. Yeah, when I'm in the asylum, medication and having a nice vacation away from you and the kids, you could clean the house. Yeah, we'll go to Disney. Yeah, I've been you? Maybe. Robin Noodles, here we come. You ramen noodles and cheese balls. Pills. Ah. <laughs> Eviction notice. Here we come. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever eat that rice? By the way, uh, nope. Wait, the uh, random pack that was in my car. Yeah, I was wondering who the fuck put it there. Yep, that was CJ. Uh, CJ gave it to him, so he didn't eat anything spicy and upset his belly. Which I did not. Even, I see. I just sniffed spicy stuff. That would have destroyed your stomach because it's something for rice. Yeah, I love rice. It was yeah, rice and a. Bowl. It's like, hey, it was pre-cooked with weird seasonings. Yeah, hey, rice is from Louisiana too. They yeah. do rice. Uncle Ben's, goddamn it. 
yeah, please tell me about your PTSD from Louisiana and tell me how it's going to be on your stomach. Eat rice. That rice is nasty. That rice has some weird shit in it. But okay, you go eat it and tell me. Yeah, how I love feels. that rice. Yeah, Uncle Ben's is great. Yeah, red beans and rice, fucking dope. Uh, in 1931, after building a new building, I caught it. You son of a bitch! <laughs> a new building for the asylum. After building a new building for the asylum, the previous building was renovated to put in surgical rooms, operating theaters, which is a fuck thought altogether. Like, oh yeah, let's gather the family. We're going down to watch a heart transplant. <laughs> but by now, the building was would serve as a fully functional hospital for the public of the surrounding areas. Uh, the new hospital would be used as a teaching hospital for the students of Michigan State and uh, drug testing, because, sure, why not? Well, use your resources. Yeah, right. Yeah, we got a bunch of crazy people in Detroit. In the 1940s, the state had stopped admitting psychiatric patients to their actual state hospitals, uh, which led to severe overcrowding at Eloise. A common, you know, complaint. Uh, the state had made a deal with the hospital that if a patient stayed one year in their hospital, they would be rewrote the relocated to a state hospital, but more or less that usually didn't happen anyway. Uh, overcrowding ran rampant in the hospital all the way up to the 1960s, documenting documenting being over 50 percent uh, overcrowded. Uh, LOEs was being paid in full by the state to house the patients, uh, which lets the county eat the cost of the housing. Uh, the mental population had skyrocketed to over 4,000, even though the capacity was only set for 2,500. An overpopulated mental asylum. Who would have thought that would happen in America? Can you believe it? Well, listen, this is the 60s. We're, we're too busy fighting communism, all right? Uh, a paragraph I didn't put in here, but I wanted to. The farm itself had uh, ended up closing. In 55, after WW2, they were basically siphoning money. Damn. One of the last great victories of the Nazi party. Taking out that poor farm. Sons of bitches. In 1977, the state cut all funding to the hospital. And by 1979, the patients had been moved out, out and the doors closed on the Wayne County House. Uh, a new building that was built in 74 uh, was also sold to the state to you. Uh, that was also sold to the state to be used as a new mental hospital. So all the old patients went there. Uh, by 82, the asylum was shut down and the hospital uh, followed in 1986. Yeah, it's like 143 years, I think. Uh, it's hard to get real years on when the super severe abuse actually took place in Eloise, but I'm sure none of the time there was good. Uh, Eloise is said to be the most haunted in Michigan, and with very good reason. Along with the general mistreatment, the ground saw its fair share of death from suicides, drownings, botched lobotomies, other horrific treatments, and likely some things we don't even want to know about. Uh, there is a hidden cemetery on the grounds that's been covered over as a field. Uh, there's over 7,000 unclaimed bodies laid to rest here, and they only have a headstone with a number on it. 
a group based out of uh, Michigan is actually um, they discovered records for the cemetery and are working to put names to the actual numbered headstones, which is pretty cool. Hmm, good for them. Uh, one of the more notable deaths I have is that of Harmonia Kiyosan. Uh She was a 10-year-old girl who drowned during a hydrotherapy treatment. Uh, the doctors put her in a freezing cold tub and went to tend for other patients when, due to the cold, the girl likely fell unconscious and slid into the giant tub. Uh, Harmonia is, still, is said to still haunt the tub rooms as some of the original therapy tubs are actually still in the, in the few remaining buildings. Uh, the doctors put her in a freezing cold tub and went to tend to other patients when, due to the cold, the girl likely fell unconscious and slid into the giant tub. Uh, Harmonia is said to still haunt the tub rooms as some of the original hydrotherapy tubs are still in the few remaining buildings. Jesus Christ. Yeah. You're all... not so you're telling this you you're telling this and I'm like, okay, there there's your your typical patient abuse that you see in American asylums and mental institutions. She's like, oh yeah, by the way, a ten year old was fucking frozen. <laughs> I know it was true. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think the orphans were treated that well either, but obviously finding records from back then is a little difficult. They probably fucking burned all the records. It was eighteen sixty seven. Who needed records? Apparently not the ten year old. I think she's actually uh, buried in the cemetery, too. That is now just a field. Uh, The fifth floor, which uh, at one time became maximum security for the criminally insane, uh, is known to be the most haunted part of the building and is especially known for violent attacks, uh, especially against women. Uh, The spirit known as the Choker has been known to attack and obviously choke women on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> choke me daddy you know what that, that one's funny the choke <laughs> me daddy goats is not a super creative for the name but uh, it's for effort you're welcome uh, a nurse is also said to be seen on this floor behind the door to the nurse's station again all the doors were like lock and key so understanding the suffering that went on at Eloise is next to impossible so it's no surprise it's said to be haunted. Throughout the remaining buildings, moans, crying, and even growls can be heard from probably the creepy boy. Oh, yeah. Uh, throughout the day and night, loud bangs can also be heard that are very reminiscent of the big doors that were used to lock the patients into the building. Uh, slamming doors leads to very obvious poltergeist activity, and more than one local supernatural group has been run out of the building. Uh, they claimed that things were being picked up and thrown at them. Uh, it's also been documented that electronics drained batteries immediately, even if they had just been charged prior to being used. Uh, group uh, Destination Fear, for anyone keeping keeping tabs, uh, had their walkie-talkies that would like just hit feedback randomly, and they were all at different times. Hmm. They're evolving with technology. Uh, of the few buildings that remain, very few are open to the public, citing dangerous environments as most of them are basically falling down at this point. Uh, all that remains are the firehouse, bakery, the original power plant they used to actually power the building, uh, a commissary, and the main asylum, hospital. Keeping up with the building is hard. We're calling it the main building. 
Uh, the only buildings that were actually able to be accessed are the main hospital and what's known as D building, D building, which was used for admissions. Um, and it also housed 400 mental patients. I'm sure there are some admissions there. Uh, the building also had living quarters for some of the staff, including the Catholic chaplain. Now, I'm definitely sure there are some admissions there. <laughs> oh, boy, are there. Why, when he was a young warthog. When he was a young warthog. <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> I had to catch my breath quick. <laughs> good, good inhale. The building still standing stands as a testament to the suffering that went on out at Eloise that no doubt led to several of the bodies laying in that field. Uh, I'm going to try to keep track of the group um, working to put names to the graves. Uh, I believe the numbers deserve the actual respect of being named. Uh, Eloise was used for over 140 years, and a very good portion of that was mistreatment, overcrowding, and treatments that were obviously useless very dangerous or downright horrific. After I'm done this paragraph, I'll tell you one of the weird things, like the last crazy treatment I have. I want to say this is a real fun one to look up the history of, uh, but it kind of left me feeling a little bummed, uh, which is why I didn't use some of the things in my notes, because well, it's arrived. Uh, next week, I'm going to steer far away from any kind of hospital to maintain my own mental health. Um, anyway, they had, like, this chamber thing that they'd put the patients in, was it... and they would stick... Hmm? Chamber of Secrets? It was not... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they would... They would actually put the patients in these, like, big metal chambers, and then stick them with syringes filled with just plain water as a way for hydrotherapy. Oh... Yeah, I heard, I read and watched a lot of fucked up shit. That's not good. Yeah, but that's 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 Eloise. I don't feel good about it. That means you have a conscience. So good, good on you. Good, good on you for having a conscience. Yeah, I love them. Well, hopefully you weren't injected with water or frozen. Uh, yeah, no, I don't recall any uh, ice baths when I was in mental. Hospital. Oh, uh, that's probably because the the, the uh, lobotomy took those memories away. Maybe. <laughs> oh, you figured it out. Oh, they're gonna come get me now. Oh no. We saw. We found the truther. Oh fuck! It's all recorded too, and we're gonna release this. Oh no! There's a lost episode. No, this is a long day too. Without telling me, I don't. I don't, I don't edit things. You're gonna do what you're gonna do. Sometimes you edit. Sometimes you don't. No matter what, I always edit more than you do. Moving on to the next category of today. I write stuff. <laughs> Yay! We're going to Africa. Hooray! In this next story. Or topic. Whatever you want to call it. The Abatwa. A race of miniature hunters who are held in the legends originally told by the Zulus of Africa who describe them as small warriors that were a menace upon their society, much like white people will be to them many years to come. <laughs> Thought we started off with a little humor there. Yeah, the well... Abat kill all the white men. The Abatwa would eventually be described 
for the English language and Englishman Henry Calloway's Nursey Tales, Traditions, and Histories of the Zulus, which was published in 1868. Calloway collected first Calloway collected first-hand accounts from Zulu storytellers and translated them into English. He published these translations along with the original Zulu language to give us an accurate as a depiction as possible. So who are the Abaka? The they were extremely extreme. I wonder if they had the uh, nursery tales at the asylum. Uh, may- maybe. It'd be, it'd be one hell of a story for them. Maybe the crazy, maybe the crazy people walked around going, ah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, well, here, here, here's who they were. An extremely small uh, yeah. man that would go under the grass and sleep in anthills along with ants. They travel in the cover of mist while residing upcountry in the rocks while having no real village that they call home. They were a nomadic people, much like some Native American tribes before white people, once again. Yeah, yeah, we're doing great. Well, if you look at history, we're, we're not the good people. But anyway, on their hunts, they would typically kill their prey with poisoned-tipped arrows and eat every part of the animal. And I mean every part. Good for them. Yeah, they, they did good not... Uh, no waste. Once an area had no more animals left, they rode a horse to their next hunting ground and now, for clarity purposes, it wouldn't be just one Abatwa that would ride on the horse, but the whole tribe would line up from single file, from neck to tail, and ride the horse, which to me is just an adorable and hilarious image to just imagine. <laughs> <laughs> However, the funny would end there, because if the Abatwa did not find new prey, they would just eat the horse. Is this a fucked up rendition of the Smurfs? Kind of. Cool. It's like Ant-Man meets the Smurfs meets Alien. Or maybe Predator. Yeah, let's go with Predator, because he has weapons. That's a fucking twist I didn't see coming. Yeah, well... There might be some more uh, twists coming up. Who knows? You know what? For once, it does not get worse. Uh, Well, I got you there. Due to their poison... Tell me there. Due to their poison-tipped arrows and veracity, the Abatwa instilled fear into the members of the Zulu nation. A single Umutua, which is the proper name for an individual member of the Abatwa, can kill a full-size Zulu. One thing that members of the Zulu had to keep in mind if crossing paths with the Abatwa is that they hated being reminded of their short stature. Napoleon syndrome was a major problem in their tribes. And if they felt they were insulted about any way about their size, they would instantly go in for the kill of a Zulu. So these fucking guys would hide under grass, and they were upset when someone was like, hey, you're tiny. Uh, yeah, yeah, they, they very much had a, com- a complexity problem. Fucking little people. I know, right? The short sack problem made the Zulu adopt a special way of greeting the Abatwa in a way that made them feel big and strong, such as, I saw you from the mountain, and wow, what a big cock. I may have made up that second one. (laughs) May have made up that second one. Uh, Nevertheless, the Zulus were very cautious about how they greeted anyone from the Abawa. That's so upset. I thought Rose would have interrupted yours, too. (laughs) I actually threw that one in there. I played the long con this time. (laughs) I did it myself. 
<laughs> However, due to their tiny stature, and I hope there is no bottle here when I say this because I would rather not take a poison arrow, they were rarely seen and almost undetectable to the human eye. Legend spread of them shooting their poison arrows at the feet of Zulus and animals that would nearly step on them. Basically like a little bullet ant or a horny ant, but it has a weapon. Oh, I meant... Wait, what? <laughs> horny, horny. Aha! Did you do that? Because I swear I put something else on there. Uh, well, that would have Ryan with it, horny hornet. But it has a weapon. A big one is that. Typically, the Zulu would just avoid Abatwa territory at all costs to avoid that possible interaction, both with the Abatwa and, you know, being interloped with a horny hornet. So, again, they're almost undetectable to the human eye, and they're pissed off, and you're like, hey, you're short. Yeah, you see, you get it. Just fucking step on them. I didn't have shoes. They also, uh, the Abatwa had a lot of poison. Well, yeah, if you had shoes, you could fucking get rid of that. Well, figure that shit out, Nike. So how likely are these stories and legends? Well, in the book that I mentioned before, Callaway theorized that there are actually legends told about neighboring tribes. See, in the Zulu language, Abawa is not only the name of, of the tribe of tiny people, but was also used to talk about other neighboring tribes. Something to take notice is that the average Zulu was approximately six feet in height, while some neighboring tribes were averaging four feet in, in height. So theoretically, these stories could have been told to children to make sure they didn't leave tribal lands. Uh, Mufasa and all this wisdom probably should have done something similar to keep Simba out of the elephant graveyard. Oh, see, he knew what he was talking about. Yeah, exactly. That was the shadow land. Uh, those were the shadow lands. Uh, in 1915, Marvin W.H. Beach, a correspondent for the journal MAN, all caps, wrote a tale about his journeys into East Africa in 1913 which was a little north of Zulu territory, which is in modern-day South Africa. In his editorial, he wrote that after digging low enough, he found pottery that the local Kikuyu tribe did not make. Side note, you might be familiar with a famous member of someone of the Kikuyu descent, as Tom Morello of Regicus Machine is part Kikuyu. Oh, good for him. Yep. Fun fact. That angry son of a bitch. He does rage a lot. Uh, back to the story, elders of the Kikiu tribe told Beach that the pottery was made by an ancient people called the Goomba, which were not mushroom people. Oh my god, I was just going to do that off the fly, and I wrote it in here as well. Huh, good for me. Goomba. Goomba. They were not tiny Russian people with two feet that pledged allegiance to a giant turtle. Instead, they occupied the area after displacing a race of cannibal dwarves that they referred to as the Mathokoichina. Upon inquiring further, the elders replied with this exact quote found in his book. The Mathocheina appear to be a variety of earth gnomes with many of the usual attributes. They are rich, very fierce, very touchy, etc. If you meet one and ask him who his father is, he will spear you. Or if he asks you where you caught sight of him first, unless you say that you had seen him from afar, he will kill you. The inference being, I suppose, that you have... Seeing what he was doing, burying treasures, etc., this is only a guess on my part. Like earth gnomes in most folklore, they are skilled in the art of ironworking. They originally lived around this part, south of Mount Ken Kenya, but they were driven out by another legendary people called the Goomba, who dwelt in caves dug in the earth and who disappeared one night after teaching the Kikyu the art of smelting. 
Another account says that they lived in the earth themselves. It is Kikiu insult to say, you are the son of a Mathuchena. Yo, I figured it out. Mario's one of these dudes. And now he's taking his revenge on the Goomba. I, I could believe it. That's why he starts out so small. Should it, should have more mushrooms. Uh, Beach believed Beach believed that these references could have been about Bushmen or pygmies due to similarities in the stories from the Zulus, and that Bushmen and pygmies resided between these two tribes. So naturally, white people took this, these stories as just pure facts that the Abawa were actually Bushmen, and pushed that notion for at least eighty years. Because why would they give a damn about the actual source of these stories from Africa? You don't believe them. <laughs> uh, Their one, skin's a different color. We don't need to bother with them. We'll just scramble Africa in a few years anyway. God, if anyone hates us, they can really take fucking bits of this podcast. <laughs> uh, one noticeable rewrite was in the 1987 book Encyclopedia of Things That Never Were by Michael Page and Robert Ingpen. They summarized the Ibawa as the smallest humans who live in the anthills of southern Africa, who only revealed themselves to children under four, wizards, and pregnant women. And without any reference to anyone from Africa where these stories originated, they decided to include, and this is just random to me, that if a pregnant woman who was in her seventh month of pregnancy sees an Ibawa, she's destined to have a boy. Hmm. Again, they kind of just threw this information in there. Uh, whoever thought this up probably uh, needed to go to an asylum. If only there were some uh, places like that. Uh, they also decided to change that they were, in fact, a peaceful people who shared their food with the Grants and only forage for food instead of the warrior-like stories told by the Zulus. White people also began to theorize that the Abatwa were simply fairies and not people at all. Well, we did the same. Never mind. <laughs> However, if you travel to Africa, you might so want to watch where you step, you don't want to take an arrow to it the knee. Skyrim fans might catch on to that one. Oh. <laughs> boo me all you want. Oh. Oh. You have to boo that hard. <laughs> my pride. Keep on drawing. But that will wrap up my story on the Abawa. Feel free to share your thoughts on what these small people might be. Mario. Demo has some disorders. Here we go. Oh, Devonta Smith. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Thank God. Again, football will not be a distraction. Quick, Billy, before we get to the next topic, remind me, did I bet on him? I don't remember. Damn it. Okay. I don't remember my bet, bro. Babe, you're up. Okay. On the newly minted Kodak. This week's topic. Oh, uh, yes, you need 60 Sorry. It's okay. This week's topic, I decided to go with a narcissistic personality disorder. I have covered a many array of different mental disorders on this podcast, and I wanted to do a, a special episode on this. You did talk about some horoscopes. Yeah. I did also talk about some mental disorders as well. That was a joke on mental disorders. <laughs> You're a mental thing. I am more than a mental disorder. I'm a few. <laughs> oh, boy. No. Mm-hmm. Narcissistic personality disorder, also known as ND or MPD, 
is a mental uh, health condition that affects how you view yourself and relate to others. <clears throat> Having this means that you um, have an excessive need to impress others or feel important. That you need to be strong enough to drive harmful behavior, negative affecting those around you. Um, NPD gets its name from nar- Narciss. Narciss. Which I'm saying it right, right? Narcissus. 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 Okay. Yeah. Narciss. I think it's Narcissus. 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 Is okay. Sissy. Yeah. Sissy. Narcissus. Uh, a hunter from the Greek mythology. According to the myth, uh, he was so obsessed with his own beauty that he could not stop looking at his own reflection in a pool of water. He did nothing else but stare at his reflection until he died. That he's the original. I'm too sexy for my car guy. Oh yeah, I'm too sexy for. He my was obsessed car. with himself. I'm too sexy for my shorts. My shorts. People who commonly connect with the term narcissist to physical appearance, uh, just like the myth. It's it isn't about how you look. It's it also involves other traits of um, and abilities to have, such as intelligence, charisma, artistic skill athletic ability, wealth, power, success, and more. More people who are just more consumed in themselves. There's so many different things, so many different ways to, you know, put this in so many different categories. How common is this disorder? About 5% in, of people in the U.S. may have it. Between 50 to 75% cases, it affects men more than women. People hide narcissistic beliefs and or behaviors. This is called covert narcissism. I've heard this before. A lot of people, it's denial or hiding the fact that you have it. It's like they're undercover. Yeah. Okay. Um, because of it, it's hard to estimate how many people actually truly have this disorder because people do a, such a fantastic job hiding it. A lot of the times it can be as just people having a shitty personality. And half the time they don't realize they have it. Yep. Uh, some of the symptoms that uh, people who are suffering from this disorder uh, can be, uh, I'm going to go through a few of these. Uh, the criteria of maybe looking or may have the following of a sense of self importance. Uh, it is the capability of holding themselves to an unreasonably high standards bragging or exaggerating about their own achievements. Uh, Number two is feeling deserving. They are entitled. They have blind devotion to oneself. They have the need of power or feeling successful. They need to feel loved at all times and they need self-fulfillment. Number three is belief in um, to be superior. They think that they're special, they're unique, and they believe that they should associate only with those who see themselves as worthy. Like if you don't see my importance and you're not as, you're not worth the attention I'm giving you. Number four, the need for admiration. They have a fragile self-esteem, frequently self-doubting, self-criticism, and they usually feel alone or emptiness. They need something to fill the void. Um, they're preoccupied with knowing of what other 
others think or they are thinking of them. And they're always fishing for compliments. Number five is entitlement. An inflate self, sense of self-worth, expecting unreasonable treatment, and um, they have anger when people don't cater or appease them. It's my money and I want it now. Call J.G. J.G. <laughs> Wentworth. I'd give the number, but they're not paying us. 877 cash now? There we go. Okay. God damn it. So are the three. <laughs> they're paying us now. <laughs> number six. Willingness to exploit others. Consciously or unconsciously using others. Format, uh, formatting um, friendships or relationships. Is with formatting? Form. Forming. Forming? You said formenting. 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 I'm going to formenting. We're making boobs. I'm going to formant this here. Um, developing friendships or relationships with people to make themselves feel superior. It's like having friends that are, you know, they're less than what you're worth, yet you want to constantly feel like you're the most important person in the room. And deliberate. Ah, right. Yeah. And deliberately taking advantage of other people's for your own selfish reasons. Number seven. Right. <laughs> lack of empathy. Saying things that, that might hurt others. Seeing the feelings and needs or desires of others um, as a sign of weakness. And not returning kindness or interest that others show. Number eight is frequent envy. Feeling envious of others, especially when others are happy, expecting envy from others, and belittling or diminishing the achievements of others. And number nine of this is uh, arrogance, patronizing behavior, behaving in a way that's distasteful or disrespectful, talking down or acting um in a condescending way, hypersensitivities to criticism, rejection, or failure, and reacting with anger when they feel like they're being criticized or rejected. What are the causes of uh, narcissistic personality disorder? A shit show in week one. Uh, most is genetics. Hey, Genetics is the number one cause or reason behind this. Uh, people who suffer with this are more likely to have it because their parents or close relatives have it. Uh, another reason is observation and imitation. Children can um, often observe and imitate and learn traits of this behavior because their parents have it. And it's more like monkey see, monkey do. Another. I went opposite. Yeah, so did I. Uh Negative childhood experience. There might be a link between negative childhood experiences like trauma, rejection, or neglect that can cause people to act like this. It's a, it could be, or it can't be. It just, I, I guess, depends on the person. You make your. It could either turn you into this or an empath. I am a strong believer into you choose your own path. Correct. Uh, I saw the shit and I didn't want to be like that. Yep. What are the complications of narcissistic personality disorder? Mood disorders or bipolar disorder, uh, other personality disorders such as uh, borderline personality, 
and antisocial personality disorder. Uh, people who have this normally deal with substance abuse. Uh, people with this turn to alcohol or some kind of other drug to help them when reality doesn't meet their expectations. Cocaine was one of the big factors in this I, when I was doing my research. Nose beers. Yes. No one wants to do cocaine for a bachelor party anymore. <laughs> yeah. Drinking is bad enough. You guys didn't get the cocaine that night? Who was that clown then? It was cocaine. There's a shit on the porch. Oh. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I was the first to see that shit. (laughs) (laughs) What do I do if I think a loved one has narcissistic personality disorder? People people with um, NPD may be unable to see it in themselves. A lot of people don't know or can't accept the fact that they have this. So if you suspect someone you care about has this, you should keep these following things in mind. You You can't change somebody with this disorder. Only the person can change themselves, their behavior, and how they feel. Uh, While you may feel frustrated by this person and their unwillingness to change, remember their actions is not your fault. And people can change. Stay calm and don't take things personally. People with this disorder may try to antagonize or react, especially when they're lashing out. Don't take it personally and don't respond. Set healthy boundaries. People with this disorder try often to get what they want by going after others. But if you have a loved one with this, settling healthy boundaries may be necessary. Protect yourself. People with this disorder often resort to gaslighting to undermine you and your boundaries. And they may lash out of anger, making, making you feel little. Last but not least, be sure to protect your own mental health and your own well-being dealing with somebody in this state. Take care of your own mental health because your insides count as just as much as theirs. Always be cared. Make sure to take care of your number one, and that's you. Doing so can help you uh, be better, work through your own emotions and difficulties, um, the difficulties surrounding this person with this disorder, and prepare yourself on how to be- deal with the effects of this condition. I care more about your insights. Shush your mouth. <laughs> well, Rejects, I am glad to share some of this light on this matter that is much needed. Uh, mental health is no laughing joke. I'm hoping everybody out there who suffers with this disorder gets the help they so desperately need. We make a shit. I make a laughing joke of my. Huh? I make a joke of my mental health all day. I say we make a lot of jokes on mental health. Yeah, it's sometimes it needs to be put out in the open for people to truly understand. I said I'm gonna kill myself like at least eleven times today. And yeah, but you see, didn't. You're, you're not a woman, so we don't need to say you're too on a silent. <laughs> 
It's fair. You're mad. You get told to get push it right back down where it came from and move on. Get the whiskey. Hell, no filtering it out. <laughs> well, it looks like that will wrap it up for here at the Full Sand Rejects, unless anyone here has some more uh, things to add. Oh, I think we're good. Yep, yep. There we go. <laughs> it is time for us to go take more shots and smoke our bowls, whatever you we people do, as we continue to live, <laughs> as we continue to live our bestest lives. Even though uh, we just made some jokes there. <laughs> Next week, we'll feature more cryptids with the Abaguchi, a legendary tale of a sea bitch. I mean, which damn dyslexia. <laughs> And Hunter S. Thompson, who spent a year undercover with the Hells Angels, just so we can write some literature. Don't forget to. Hey, you looked them up. I I, I kind of had to. There. Don't forget to follow us wherever you get your podcasts and on our socials at Full Sand Rejects. And until next week, keep on sending it. Full fucking send it. I'm not actually going to kill myself. Fucking send it. <laughs>